My grandfather said a slur, but he said it in a loving way. (laughs) He said it in a very loving way. Hi, welcome back to Under Our Roof. My name is Grace. And I'm Lizzie. And this is our podcast about living the simple gay life at home. Yeah, we're glad you're here. We're gay, you're here. (laughs) We're gay, you're here. (laughs) We're gay, and you're here. What's been up under our roof recently, Grace? Honestly, the only thing I can think of Mm -hmm. is my haircut. I got a haircut, and let me tell you, I got it during the time of the election, and it was something I needed to do to take care of myself so that when I caught my reflection in the mirror, even though I am existing in a hellscape, my head looks cool. My head isn't stable right now, Mm -hmm. given the election, but my head looks cool. And that is a little thing that we can do to perk ourselves up. And I went for a run. And these are all things that make me feel good. I I FaceTimed with my parents a lot. That makes me feel good. What about you? Well, I was gonna say, I don't usually like to date these episodes too much. But I feel like today is an exception because we should say, We're recording this episode on November 4th, 2020, and we do not know who won the U.S. presidential election. We have a good hope and a good feeling, but we don't know. It's not certain. And so that is our headspace as we record this episode. (laughs) No, I think that's actually, this is a good exception to make because you may be listening to this thinking, Grace and Lizzie seem as though they haven't been resting normally they seem a little bit frantic perhaps a bit fried and now you know why all that is that we come by it honestly and we are doing the very best that we can to create a simple wholesome space for you so we're going to try and do that today and we're going to put the election out of our minds and we're going to talk a little bit about our uh coming out stories And our pronouns. And our pronouns. But first, I kind of want to know if you could describe yourself at like 15 to someone who didn't know you. Oh, God. How would you describe yourself? Very unsure of myself. Very much not comfortable in my own skin. Not a lot of compassion for myself, to be honest. Mm. I feel like I was at my worst at 15. Mm. Yeah. What about you? At 15, because that's sort of the coming of age age, if you will, if we were going to star in an indie movie about our lives. You think 15? I would say like 15 to 17 Mm -hmm. is that coming of age story. I unfortunately was very sure of myself (laughs) privately. (laughs) But I didn't really have the guts yet to embrace that publicly. So for a long time, I had sort of a private life and a private persona and a public life and a public persona. And the best way that I can paint an image for you is I used to get out of the shower. My hair was pretty long because I was a lady. And I would slick my hair while it was still wet totally behind my head. So it looked like Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic, just totally slicked back. And I thought I looked like a very debonair gentleman. And I was like, damn, this is the (laughs) coolest look. If I could have this like slicked back look, then that would be it. That would be like the goal. And I 
totally thought it was just like a little make-believe that I would do after my showers as a teenager. And now the happy side of that story is I get to do that whenever I want. I can leave my house with my hair looking like that. It doesn't have to just be wet from the shower. I've found a haircut. (laughs) This episode is really heavily relying on me being excited about my hair. (laughs) That is the through line for this episode. But yeah, I was uh, privately sure, publicly scared. I feel like we would have gotten along in high school. For sure. I would have definitely had a crush on you because you're shy and mysterious. <laughs> and I was not that at 15. You weren't shy? I was shy, but I don't know. I wasn't... If you're shy, you're mysterious I don't know why in my I'm, book. I'm like, ragging on my 15-year-old self because I have a lot of compassion now for that person, but like I just cringe so much. I think it's an exercise in getting older. It's mm-hmm. something I work on all the time. I have a lot of compassion for my teenage self. Where I really struggle is with my early 20s self mm-hmm. who regressed in many ways and went back in the closet for a time and mm-hmm. just really struggled with being honest and authentic and hung around with people that were not supportive of who I was and truly method acted being mm-hmm. straight in like a in a hellish sort of way and i think it's harder for me because i feel closer to that person in age that i'm like girl what were we what are we doing here why are we doing this mm-hmm. whereas my 15 year old self i'm like yeah that's that's okay just like be gay on myspace like no one needs to know <laughs> that's fine like live your life i first heard of the l word on myspace so maybe we all have some MySpace origin stories. I have a We're feeling. really dating ourselves. I was going to say, I was like, I have a feeling if you are listening to this from TikTok, MySpace was a website <laughs> <laughs> before Facebook. Um, and the elderly used to go on there. Yeah. The elderly 30-year-olds. By the time you're listening to this, I will be 30. I'll still be in my 20s. Yeah. The youthful 20-something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was thinking that we could talk about our pronouns first, which may be somewhat belated that we're doing this seven episodes in, but we should address that. Yeah, it <laughs> is my least favorite thing to talk about for me, but I think it's important to talk about. Yeah, and I would start out by saying, like, I don't have any stress around talking about that, which I recognize is a privilege that I just, you know, align with probably what people assume which is that my pronouns are she, her, and it's very easy for me to just go with that. And and I identify as that. It's not like I'm just going as it because it's mm-hmm. the default. I, I want to be called that. But it's something that I recognize as like a very nice, easy thing in my life. And that's not the case for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel for people that feel like it's more of a struggle. Yes, my turn. <laughs> you talk. I was like, no, Lizzie, talk more. Take up my time. Um, okay. So the short answer of this is that she, her is fine. The longer answer to this is that pronouns and gender in general feel always very distant and foreign to me. They always have. I am more comfortable in presenting in a way that is read as masculine by the rest of the world. That's another thing I always have. I've always been like what people would call a tomboy. Um, and now as I've gotten older, like menswear, men's style is just how I 
feel cool and good in my own skin. Ah, there's just so much to get into. Like there's so much I wish I could just implant in someone's brain. But that's why we're doing a podcast episode <laughs> instead of like a shorter thing. I know. Um, I, I would describe myself as someone who is genderqueer. If someone were to introduce me as non-binary or ask me about that, I've heard about people of a non-binary experience and identified with 100% of what they've said and how they see the world and how um, they present to the world. So all those sort of um, descriptors fit for me, I think. The issue that I sort of rub up against is that I am so sort of, I use the word often medium in my gender, like I'm just medium, like in between, (laughs) that even discussing my gender too deeply feels like I'm giving it too much power. Because to me, I've always just thought of myself as like, Grace. And I was born into this body, which happens to be biologically female. And (laughs) that is what it is. But I don't really feel any particular attachment to femininity or womanhood. And I know the things about womanhood that make me uncomfortable. Like, here's an example. Someone comes to a table at a restaurant and they're like, what can I get you, ladies? I always think that's kind of funny. Nothing with regards to my gender has ever triggered me. I more just sort of find things a little bit interesting. I get misgendered in different ways all the time. You know, sometimes people will use uh, he, him pronouns or just like read me as a dude and it doesn't bother me. I don't correct anybody. Sometimes they correct themselves and I'm like, okay, that's also fine. But I'm so sort of aloof in my gender that talking about it too deeply just feels so strange because, and and I, I have definitely interrogated myself if this is a sort of internalized phobia about being non-binary or genderqueer. Like, why don't I want to talk about this more? Is it because there's something that you've internalized, all this deep messaging that you, your body is, and your mind is processing as something that you don't want to touch? And I don't really think that's what it is. It's just like, I, I kind of know who I am. I'm actually at a place in my life where I feel really comfortable in my skin. She, her pronouns don't impact me like they they seem fine but also if someone uses he him that is also fine and they them is also fine all of it sort of works and at the same time none of it sort of works and so I just sort of exist in this medium space and I've gotten to a point in my life where I feel really strong in that and confident in that so I just sort of navigate the world as this gender medium I suppose and people will read me in different ways and that's okay and did I explain that well? I think you explained that really well. It's inherently such a hard thing to explain. So it's not like you're going to just find the perfect words to unlock how you feel. And probably to a large extent, I can never even fully know exactly how you feel. Although I feel like I kind of get the nuance. Yeah. Having, you know, spent so much time with you. I will say you've shared a few memes with me that have indicated that you do understand. (laughs) There have been a few memes where I've been like, all right, she gets it. Mm Mm-hmm.
Unfortunately, the best way of understanding this is really just getting to know me as a person because the friends that are closest to me totally understand where this boundary is. Yeah, well, I think about like we have a good friend named Sarah who will always be like, all right, Grace, like you're a big girl. And she'll <laughs> yeah. always say that. And like, I think Sarah totally gets you. Yeah. Like she, but it's, it's hard to describe why that's different. But I think it's not about for you adhering to a certain way of talking about you. It's just you want people to really know your heart and know who you are. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're not going to be able to if they've never met you. You wouldn't expect people to read your mind. But for the people that are like your core people in your mm -hmm. life, I do think that by and large, they all like really get you mm -hmm. and they talk about you in a way that feels true to you. And so yeah. I think what you would probably hope for is just that you know, people that you meet down the road can get to know that part of you too and kind of get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I really appreciate when people check in with me about gender. I've had a few people just within the past year just check in about pronouns or how I identify or if certain language that they use around me makes me feel uncomfortable. And I don't want to say a blanket statement because down the line, who knows, someone could find something that really does offend me. But thus far, really nothing that anyone has said to me um, or like a, a, a term of endearment, like uh, sometimes people will be like, girl, to me, that doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I, I do appreciate when people check in because I think it is a little bit of that acknowledgement that like, okay, Grace is a lady. <laughs> and like, what is a, a handsome woman? <laughs> like, and I, and I understand that uh, it is somewhat of a curveball, but it's just how I feel comfy. Like, it's just really... Mm -hmm like how I exist. And I think it's um, a journey that could develop further and we will keep you posted as it happens. But right now, the short thing that you need to know is that she, her is totally fine. All pronouns are totally fine. I would identify under a genderqueer non-binary umbrella. And I really appreciate people who've checked in. And Lizzie is also she, her. So yes, there you go. I might just put that section at the beginning mm -hmm. of the podcast as like the cold open so people can be like, got it, and then they can leave. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I've been denying how I feel you've been denying. Well, should we shift to talking about coming out stories? Yeah. I was thinking we could each pretty briefly share, I mean, not too briefly, but we could each share our coming out stories and mm -hmm. then maybe give a bit of advice. And we have a query letter on this topic. I'm so excited. So do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first because my story is significantly more brief than yours, even though it took place over a longer period of time. I came out at different points of time to different people. I also went back in the closet during another time in my life. So I don't think I was fully out to everyone in my life until I was like 22 or 23, that doesn't mean that most of the people in my life didn't know I was gay by like 19 or 18 or something like that, but it wasn't a very like holistic, I am gay, which I think comes with the parents' phone call. My parents were like the last people I called, which is, nope, that's not true. My grandfather was the last person I told. <laughs> I'm forgetting that story. Um, but it was kind of a more of a slow burn for me. Overall, there were tears, there was a lot of upset, but there was also a lot of joy. There were a lot of people who 
were just very consistently supportive. I have really, really good friends. I had a really good support system. Most of them, I'm still, all of them, I think I'm, well, no, <laughs> not all of them. Most of them I'm still friends with, mm -hmm. and they were in my wedding. So I'm really grateful for that support system. I think finding people that are in your corner that you just have that gut feeling you really can trust as like a soul friend. I had really wonderful parents and family. And I think knowing a bit ahead of time how they would feel for priming them for years. So before I was coming out to them, I was like talking a lot about LGBT <laughs> issues. I don't think that this was a large surprise when I came out. And so I think through priming them and understanding their views and their position, it made it pretty easy for me to know that not only was it safe for me to come out, but that I would be celebrated. I think my mom had a lot of questions. She still has a lot of questions about mm -hmm. who I am. I'm a very different person than she is. My dad was immediately like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I'm really happy you found someone. And my grandfather said a slur, but he said it in a loving way. <laughs> <laughs> he said it in a very loving way. Um, and it still cracks me up to this day when I told him and he was just like, I just, again, just definitely said a slur, but mm. loving. So, you know, it's a, it's a intent. Yeah, it's intent. He's in, you know, he was in his nineties. I corrected mm -hmm. him and he never repeated it. And we, we love each other very much. He passed away, but he met you, loved you. I love him. So that's kind of my coming out story. It was a, I was a, a seesaw. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. What about you? Well, I don't want to share every single detail and every single person in my life's reaction just because there's been like a lot of ups and downs and I don't know that all of that is mine to really share, at least publicly in this kind of way. Um, like if a friend was talking to me about it, I might give a little more detail than I'll give now. But when I was 15, I knew I was gay and I... Um, told a couple people at my school. I went to a really small all-girls school, which we will talk about another time. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> honestly a great episode, all-girls mm. school, because I, I went mean, to an all-girls school too for a year. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Okay. Anyway, um, I went to a very small all-girls school, told a couple friends, and pretty quickly, everyone was gossiping about me. And here's the thing. People at my school would maybe look back and be like, I didn't hear anything about that. Like, I didn't really think about you. Probably true. But more than one person that I didn't really know, like, was gossiping about me, if that makes sense. Like, maybe it wasn't the talk of the town, but there was gossip. And I know for a fact there was because I, there was this one girl who I heard was telling everyone. And it, I never was like, no, you can't say that. It's not true. I was just like, I'm not ready to tell everybody that. I told a couple of people, this is a small conservative environment. Like, I just don't want to go through all of that right now. And I Facebook messaged. Facebook was new at this point. Again, mm. we're dating ourselves. But I Facebook messaged this girl and I was like, can you please stop saying that? Because it's just like really private. And she was like, no, I'm allowed to say what I want. And you it's know, it's awful. Yeah, it was really mean. And yeah, that's all I'll say. Obviously, I'm not going to blast someone more sure. than that. But anyway, I basically came out at 16, and to a lot of people, I was outed. But then the second part of that that I want to talk about and also segue into advice is that I still come out all the time because people don't really usually perceive me as gay, even though now, like, 
who I am is so tied to being married to Grace that a lot of times it like comes up more naturally and more quickly with meeting new people than it would otherwise. Like if I was single, it might take longer to sort of just like come <laughs> up that I'm gay. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah, even though I think that's totally valid to like share off the bat. It's not weird to say that you are, but I think that depending on your life circumstance, it might not come up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So anyway, I have come out like as recently as in the past, you know, year or two in the, just in the sense of telling someone, usually what happens is somebody will like see my wedding ring or like know that I'm married or when I was like in the process of changing my last name and stuff. And they'll be like, Oh, your husband, like, what does your husband do? And I've joked to Grace before that I feel like I should have this like cardboard cutout of like my husband (laughs) because of how much my husband is like referenced by people. And it's just like this phantom like person, my husband. And I'll always just be like, Oh, like my wife actually. And then just kind of just try to keep going like very casually because I hate having to correct. But I'm like, it's so weird if I don't say anything. Yes. And I've done that before where, like, someone would be like, oh, like, oh, you're getting married soon. Like, what a lucky guy and stuff like that. And I would just kind of, like, brush it off because I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to talk to you again. And then later they would, like, I would talk to them again and they would keep referencing stuff. And I had to be like, oh, okay, I I have to, like, change. Yeah, I have to. I have to explain this now because it's getting really weird. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, what's his name? I'm like, Grace. (laughs) So like Grayson, you're like, no. (laughs) So in that sense, I come out like somewhat frequently. And, you know, when I went to college, I, you know, came out to my roommate and stuff like that. When I went to law school, I like came out to my friends there. And there's times when I don't want to explain everything. Yeah. So anyway, now I feel like it's almost easier now that I'm married even though it's, like, I pretty much have to come out if somebody's going to get to know me at all. Like, mm-hmm. it's not something I can really keep private because I am married. But at the same time, it's just, like, kind of ripping off a Band-Aid a lot quicker to just be, like, yep, married, like, my wife, yeah. end of whatever. We've talked before about how interesting it is that you have to come out a lot mm-hmm. and I don't have to come out at all anymore <laughs> just because of how people perceive us. And the pros and cons to that, you know, that there is, it's a pro of being clockable, basically, sometimes for me. And then it's definitely a con (laughs) other times. Public bathrooms come to mind. (laughs) Um, And I think for you as well, there are certain pros to people just Mm -hmm. assuming that you're straight. Yeah. And then there are also certain downsides to that as well. And so being part of a marriage where we each see the other side of that, I think has actually softened me a lot to the experience of people who I used to think before I was being honest and authentic with myself had it easier. Mm -hmm. I always used to feel very kind of bitter, I guess, um, for people who were able to appear to be straight or cis or something that that was like an easier road because I knew that that's not the path I wanted for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think I could not have been more incorrect, you know, and Mm -hmm. that that was totally just rooted in my own fear of who I wanted to be. Yeah. Should we answer this query letter? Yes. All right. 
So this one is a query letter from someone who listens to our podcast. I don't know this person in real life, Mm -hmm. just for context. Um, Okay, so this person says, I'm a 16-year-old queer kid and I'm thinking about coming out. I've told a few of my friends who are also queer, but I'm worried that if I tell my straight friends, they will see me differently. Mm. I know they would be supportive, but I think they might be afraid of me. What do you think? What are some of your coming out stories and advice? Well, the first thing I'll say is I definitely identify with that feeling because I remember in high school, there was a girl who came out as bisexual and she was treated pretty horribly by the popular girls in school, specifically in the PE locker room. Mm. Everyone acted like super weird about her. And I remember as someone who knew I was gay, like I knew I was gay. A few people in my grade knew I was gay, but it was like a secret watching that play out and being like, it is not safe for me to come out. Uh And it was almost like the realization of my deepest fear was that people would be treating me differently because of that. And so I, I, that query letter honestly like hit me in the gut. Yeah, I remember coming out to some of my best friends um, in high school around like a little after I kind of inadvertently had to come out to a lot of people. Then I was like, okay, well, it's going to get around. So I need to tell some of my closest friends, hopefully before they hear it from mm-hmm. others. And I remember being because we used to have sleepovers like every weekend in high school. And I was, I mean, some people do get a crush on their best friend, which is totally natural, but I was not. Like, this was truly platonic, like, sleepovers, and these people are still some of my best friends. And I was nervous that they might be like, oh, I don't want to have sleepovers anymore. Yeah, yeah. And they were not, thank goodness. Um, They could not have been less like that or weirded out. I think that that was my experience. It's just my friends were like, oh, like, it's Lizzie. Like, she's not going to be creeping on us, like, secretly, you know, interested. And again, maybe you do have a crush on a friend. That's not a bad thing. But in the case of, like, old friends who are straight, I think have faith that they they do know the kind of relationship you have. And and that's most likely just a friendship. And that's not going to change just because one of you has Mm -hmm. a different sexuality than what they maybe assumed. Yes. I also think that this is an opportunity for your friends to reveal their true character to you. Mm -hmm. And that is a good thing, even though it might be a growing pains thing as well, which is that your friends who are queer and your friends who are straight really need to show up for you when you come out. That's like the bare minimum of friendship is just to show up and be supportive when you come out to them. And if you have a straight friend who is treating you otherwise, then you know that at this point in time in your life, that's not a friend that you need to be having. And so my advice would be to lean into those queer friendships and the straight friendships, but the friendships that are building you up, encouraging you and lifting you up so that you can find who you are and celebrate that. And don't accept any treatment that doesn't meet that standard. That's what I would say. And I know that that's hard, but you are worthy of love and friendship. You are not deserving of questioning that just because of who you are. So if anyone in your circle is making you feel that way, you get with your friends who are on your side, you form a little team, you figure out a way to help you feel good, and you stick with those people. That's what I think. 
I think that's really good advice. And I want to say to the person who wrote the query letter, the fact that you have queer friends who are already supportive and who, you know, share that experience in common with you is huge. That's a lot more than Mm -hmm. I had when I was coming out in high school Yeah, around your age. Um, I didn't really have that support group because I didn't really know other queer people yet. Mm -hmm. I knew some, but not a major support group. So definitely cling to that kind of rock in your life and I think that's going to really serve you well a few things make sure that you are in a safe environment to come out if you are worried at all about your safety if that is a concern if shelter is a concern just take care of yourself there is no right or wrong way to come out there are a lot of different perceptions of that and representations of that through the media, through television, movies, whatever. You're going to come out in your own way at your own time to your own people. And it's going to look different. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It should be a really incredible experience in a perfect world. In a perfect world, it's a really beautiful moment for you to reveal yourself to the people that you love most. Unfortunately, For many of us, it doesn't feel that way. But if you hear it only here on this podcast, I hope that you know that by coming out and stepping into who you are, that's a beautiful and wonderful and incredible thing. And you're incredibly brave and strong for doing it. And if you feel any differently, then that's as a result of other people and a very cruel world, unfortunately, and it has nothing to do with who you are because stepping out and saying that I'm gay, that I'm queer, that I'm trans, that I'm bi, that I'm asexual, whatever, that's a, that's a, that's amazing. And don't let other people take that away from you. Even if you just have a moment with yourself in the mirror of like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, hell Yeah this is who I am. My wish is for people to find moments to celebrate within their coming out story. I understand that not all of it is going to be beautiful, but if you can find something to celebrate, that is something I would want for you. Don't go up too fast. It's better if you find someone who I really like what you said about even looking in the mirror and being like, this is who I am. That kind of dovetails with something that I wanted to say, which is that I think sometimes there's this sense that if you're out, then you're like really, really queer. And if you're not, then you're kind of less than or or you're not fully there yet. But like I was saying earlier, coming out is really never done. I mean, maybe if you present as what most people would read as queer, then your work is mostly done. But a lot of people feel comfortable presenting in a way that just for whatever reason and people's assumptions they won't read you as gay and so you're gonna be coming out forever and that's maybe daunting but also it's kind of nice to think about like if you're out to yourself then you're out because Mm. there's no end point at which it's like you're branded with this like scarlet cue that like everyone will know like i'm queer forever like you're always still gonna have to come out to people so even if the only person you've come out to is yourself then you're out and it's just a lifelong process aside from that yeah Yeah. and i think the other thing i would say is that i definitely agree with grace that it should be celebratory but it can be casual or momentous and you can have different experiences with different times coming out to different people I think 
yes, it's nice to think of, a, of it as a celebration, but I know there's a time when I really would just have resisted that and kind of been like, Ugh, I don't want the focus to be on me about this thing that I'm still getting comfortable with. And it can be a text message. Mm. Like you don't owe, yeah. you really don't owe people like a sit down talk just because it seems like a big deal. If it's not that big of a deal, whether this person knows, you know, it's a big deal what your identity is regardless because you matter and your identity matters. But if like this person that's in your life knows or their experience of you coming out doesn't really matter and isn't a huge deal, then just send them a text message or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to be a cause for a lot of attention on you if you don't want that. But at the same time, if you want to throw a literal coming out party, then you definitely should. Yeah. So it can be whatever you want. And if you have a bad experience coming out, it's probably not your last time coming out because you're going to be coming out to new people. It can probably get better. Yeah. Well, it can get better in terms of people that you may choose to come out to in the future, I hope, will react better because they're the people that you're trying to surround yourself with. Yes. And so just because if you come out and it doesn't go as you might want or you don't feel the catharsis or the joy that you thought you would, it can be awkward. So that's natural. But for another thing, you're going to have more opportunities to show people who you are and it's only going to get better. Yeah. It sounds corny. We've heard it before, but it does get better. The other thing I want to end on is if you have had a coming out party specifically for your coming out, whatever that was, whatever it looked like, please let us know. Please tell please us. Write I know in. one person who's had a coming out party. That's amazing. And her girlfriend at the time threw it for her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I want that. I want that too. But okay, it's so too late. <laughs> we have a podcast that that discusses us. This being is gay. our this is our coming out party. Yeah. This, this podcast is really like woo. <laughs> um, if you have had a coming out party for real, though, get in touch. We would love to hear about it. How did it go? Who did you invite? Who got cut? If there was Ooh. drama, were there any fights at this party? I don't know. Um, what music did you play? If there was a playlist, just the decor, cake. cake. I just want to know. We need to know everything. Yeah. If there was a dress code, if there was a theme, I mean, if there, there's going there's to be a theme for sure. So just let us know because I feel like that sounds like an amazing way of coming out. And a positive note, I think, to end this episode on is that coming out um, while harrowing and daunting can be ultimately a celebration. And regardless of where you find yourself in that journey, we do celebrate you and we believe in you and it's going to be okay. If this has resonated with you about coming out and finding your pronouns and working through gender and sexuality as two people who are somewhat on the other side, but we're always learning. We just believe in you so much because I've, I've been there before feeling uncertain and I, I don't want that to, to plague you too much. Because I do really believe in you. Me too. Okay, well, okay. thanks for checking in. We'll see you next time. I you. Bye. I Bye. love you. I love you, my dear. In a sweet, old-fashioned way. My love for you is constant and new. No matter the change of...